the subject of prayer. Amen? Amen. Prayer is vital to us as Christians, children of God, just as breathing is to the human body. Now, God gives us life. He, gives, he lets us live, right? We live in our human bodies. We live, walk about. We live on this earth. But the means by which we live, God has put that in place. God uses means by which He does things. And that means to, to live is that, well, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of reasons why we live our, physically, our physical bodies live. But, but if we couldn't breathe... We wouldn't live. So the same way with prayer. God gives us life and He keeps us uh, and preserves us in Christ. But He has put in place a means for us to uh, be in contact with Him, uh, in fellowship with Him all the days of our life. When God created Adam in the beginning, Adam had communed with the Lord, I'm sure, on a daily basis. There was no separation between uh, of man and God because there was no sin in the world. Up until Adam had sin and disobeyed the Lord. He had perfect union, fellowship with the Father, with God. And, and uh, he, had, he, had, he had everything that he needed to live without request, without asking, without uh, fear of anything. He didn't know what fear was. Without uh, any, uh, anything to to uh, hinder in his life. There was, nothing, there was no hindrance of any kind. There was nothing to, uh, to stop supply or life or all the things that, that, that Adam had that he needed to live upon this earth. It was all provided for him without question, uh, without hindrance, without asking. It was there. But when man fell in sin, when sin came, it might, it might, you might say it sort of shut that door. It shut that door. Sin shut the door. But God has told us that if we ask and if we knock, he will open the door. Amen. You hear me? Jesus said, Ask you shall receive. Seek. Seek for what? Seek for that which we've lost. Ask for what? Ask for which we did have and don't have that was taken away. Knock what? Knock on that door that was shut. The Lord said, If you knock, the door is going to be open. So prayer is is our 
line of communication with God. Isn't that right? Turn with me in your Bibles, if you will, the book of Jude. Verse 20. I'm sure a very familiar verse with probably most of you. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves. He's not talking about just each individual, which he is, but he's also speaking of all of us together. Building yourself up and building each other up. Beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. The word prayer in the Greek, if I'm pronouncing this correctly, is prosuke, prosuke. And what that means is, it's a word that, that uh, speaks of coming face to face with one. It's like the father and the son face to face. In, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. And what that really means is that the son was beholding the face of, of the father. They were, uh, they, they were beholding each other. Prayer has the same idea. I want you to think about that just for a moment. That you come face to face. You come before the Father. And you surrender your life or you surrender all to Him for His life. Prayer then is a prayer then is as is means that we recognize our weakness and our inability. We recognize our shortcomings. We recognize that we ourselves are weak, but it also recognizes that God is strong and that God is able and more than able, and He has the ability to do exceeding abundantly above all that we're able to ask or to think. That's what prayer is saying. Prayer is humbling oneself and confessing or admitting to oneself, to God, that He is true, that He is holy, that He is just, that He is merciful, that He is able. That's what prayer is. Prayer is saying, Lord, I submit myself to your greatness, to your goodness, to your mercy, to your grace. I submit myself to you. I humble myself down before you 
Because I recognize and I realize that I need you. Hallelujah. What is prayer? Prayer is knowing that we need God and we first of all want God. If you want God, you can have God. If you need God, He's there for you. God set this up Himself. Somebody says, well, I'm not much of a praying man. That you're not indifferent to anybody else. Everybody needs to come to God because everybody needs God. You're not some kind of special person who doesn't need God. You're part of the family of man, aren't you? How many is a human being this morning? Let me see. You're not some alien from Venus or Mars or something. You are created in the image of God. And God, when man fell, made the, uh, a plan. He had a plan. And his plan was for fallen man to be able to approach him because, because, because of the fallen world. Listen, listen. The world, I wrote some thoughts down here. Let me read you some thoughts here. Is it okay if I read you my thoughts? <laughs> Prayer is an admittance. You admit your own inadequacy. And you admit God's ability. Prayer is an awareness of God. Prayer is an awareness of God. I come to you, Father. I'm made aware. I understand that I must come to you. Hallelujah. Prayer is saying that I am wrong and God is right. When Adam sinned, it caused the fall. And what did, the, what did they fall into? Well, we know what happened. But the real thought is this. Man fell and the whole world fell into need. Need. Lack. And want. The weeds came up into the world. And therefore, when man fell, he had a need. Life became full. The world became full of adversity. There was no adversity in the beginning. There was no enemy in the beginning. There was no lack or need or want of anything in the beginning. But sin causes those things to happen. Sin cuts the supply off and causes want and need and adversity in the world. And so it is to this very day. It hasn't stopped. It hasn't quit. It's still there. But God, in His wisdom, 
Hallelujah. God and His wisdom. And that we have always been in a state of need. It seemed like the more it seemed like the more that, that we have in this world, the more we need. We never have enough. We're always in need. How many raise your hands and say, I'm a needy person? <laughs> and when, well, I don't have any need. The Lord replies my need. Well, that's the whole point. We become needy, but God says, I will supply your need. We become in want, and the Lord says, I will be your shepherd, and you shall not want. We say, Lord, I am, I am weak and sickly. And the Lord says, I will be your strength. Amen. And you will be strong. Hallelujah. So when we pray, we pray to the God for the very things that we have to have in this world. There's not a one of us this morning who doesn't need the things that God has for us. If God has something for you, you're not going to look at Him and say, Lord, I don't really need that. You can keep it. I'm doing fine the way I am. How many people have been that, are that way in the world? We might be surprised at how many people there are in the world who say those very things. I don't really need God. I don't need church. I don't need the Bible. I don't need Jesus. I'm just fine the way I am. Blinded by their own sinfulness and their own pride, they are blinded by the God of this world. So they cannot see their need for God. The world cannot see their need for God. So God sends the Holy Spirit to reach down into their hearts and touch them and open their eyes and their understanding of their need for God. And so therefore, when we realize our need for God, Adam knew that. He had failed. He knew he'd done wrong. But he taught his children sacrifice. And through the line of Adam came Seth. Cain killed Abel. But God gave him another son. His name was Seth. And Seth bore another son when he was 130 years old and called him Enos. And men began to call upon the name of the Lord. And it was through the line of Seth that Noah was born. Amen? Amen. And it was through that line that Jesus came. Because it was in that line that David was born through David's in the seed of David came came the Messiah. Amen. So men began to call upon the name of the Lord through those who understood their need for God. 
The world goes about without giving God a thought. Without giving God a, a thought at all. Giving Him time of the day. But those who know they have a need. Those who know that the world in which they live is fallen and it is coming to, it is corrupt and coming to an end. And that in this world in which we live, in which we were born, we have to have something to sustain us and keep us through life as we live in this world. Amen. The people who don't know God don't know that. They don't know that they, there's something that they need in life. They think that money sustains them. They may think that the things they have and the possessions they have in life and all that they do in life will sustain and keep them and make them happy and everything is okay, everything is alright. They have need of nothing else. They don't realize their need for God because they don't realize this world is passing away. They don't realize that the world is fallen and passing away and that they need somebody from another world to come into their world. Amen. What do we need? We need somebody from another place to come here. We need somebody from another world, another, uh, uh, you know, what they call it, another dimension <laughs> to come into our dimension. We need God to sustain us through life. And so therefore God set up a means of communication. When people go to war, when nations go to war with one another, what is the first thing that they do when they go into the country to make war? One of the first things they do is cut off communications. Huh? They have to cut off the line of communication because if you if you if 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 you, if you don't know what's going on you don't know what move to make you don't know where the enemy's going to be you don't know where they're going to be so the enemy tries to cut off communication you try to cut off his communication so that he doesn't know what it is you're up to you see so if we our communication is cut off with God if we're not in connection with Him, we're not going to know how to move Amen. or what move to make next. Amen. We're not going to know how to approach the enemy. We're not going to know what the enemy's doing. But God knows everything that's going on. Stay in touch with God. Amen. God knows how the tactics of the devil. So therefore, stay in touch with God and you will not be ignorant of Satan's devices. Because he's always around somewhere devising and planning and doing something to harm you, to trap you, to ensnare you, to get to you, to destroy you, to steal from you, to do everything he can to discourage you. And God says, stay in touch with me and I'll show you what's going on and how to overcome this and, over and go and get around this and overcome the enemy. He's not going to harm you. But if you're not in touch with God, if, if your communications have been cut off, 
then you're not going to know when Satan's around, are you? You're not going to know what he's doing. So God is saying, look, stay in touch with me. Stay in prayer and communion with me. And I'll give you the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding that you need to face the enemy and overcome the enemy. Amen. Amen. So that you'll know exactly what to do and how to do. Sometimes we, sometime we run into a problem. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to handle the situation. Well, what is it that we do about the situation? The first thing you do as a child of God is you get down on your knees and you talk to the Lord. Amen. Say, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do in this situation. What can I do? That's your line of communication. That is your prayer. That is your connection to God. Because you and I need this in this world. Amen? Amen. Listen, you say, well, God's given me eternal life and He keeps me in the Lord and He loves me and I'm not going to perish. I'm going to live. You know, I'm not going to die. I'm going I'm to live. He promised that he, he would save me and I'm saved and all that. But this is what He says. Look, keep yourselves in the love of God. God's keeping you. Yeah, He's preserving you. But He wants you to keep yourself in the love of God. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep the line of communications open with God so that you stay in the love of God. Remember what Jesus told the church in Revelation. He said, I have one thing against you. You've done all these other things, but there's one thing that you've done, and you've left your first love. He said, repent and do your first works over. So love, keep yourselves in the love of God. Stay in tune with God. Somebody says, well, I just, I don't know. I don't think I could, I, I don't know, praying's a hard thing to do. I just, I just don't, I ain't got time. And you know, it takes a lot, of, a lot of effort for me to get down and pray. Why should it take you a lot of effort to pray? i tell you one thing. A lot of people think about praying. When they pray, they think, well, when you pray, boy, you really, really got to get down and pray for three or four, five, six hours. That's not true. It's wonderful to pray that long. Jesus, a lot of times, prayed all night long. Does that mean I have to pray all night long? Not necessarily. But it is one thing for sure. Even Jesus himself prayed to the Father. Now, think about that for a moment. Here's the Son of God in whom is life. The Son of God who came and through him all things were made that were made. He was the Word, became flesh, and dwelt among men. And as a man, the Bible says that he prayed. Think about that. Jesus, the sinless, spotless, perfect Son of God, found time to communicate with the Father. Amen. Huh? Now, I'm not going to say, well, now, Jesus didn't have to pray. He didn't have to pray. He was, he, he was perfect, and everything was good, and everything's all right. He don't need to pray. But he prayed. He stayed in touch. Why did he do that? Well, he's, he kept himself in the love of God. In the love of the Father. Why, what is praying then? Praying then is not just coming before God, begging and asking and petitioning. So then what is praying? Praying can also be just communicating. Lord, Father, I just want to talk with you. Amen? Supposing you lived with your wife in your house and never communicated with her. Oh boy. <laughs> that would be hell, wouldn't it, <laughs> to, live, to go through. 
If you never communicated with your wife or your wife with your husband, that would not be a very happy home. That would, there would be no love there. You would fall out of union with one another. And after a while, you couldn't stand one another. And you wouldn't want to have anything to do with one another. Isn't that right? After a while, you lose interest with one another if you don't talk to one another. So the Lord began to show me. He says, look, I am a verbal God. God is a God who speaks. God didn't create, listen, God didn't create the worlds by snapping his fingers. He didn't blink his eyes like Jenny, Jenny, uh, <laughs> Jeannie did. <laughs> How many remembers I dream of Jeannie? God didn't create the worlds by blinking his eyes or snapping his fingers or thinking it. He created the worlds with His words. God spoke out of His mouth. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of His mouth. God is a speaking God. Hallelujah. God is a communicating God. He communicates with speech. With words. Hello. God communicates with us with His Word and He wants us to communicate with Him. After all, He created us in His image. He created us in His image. Which means we are a speaking people. Creature. God created us to communicate by means of speaking. Some of us learn learn that too much. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you ever sit down and talk, talk to somebody and say, oh, wow, they got a whole lot to say. You know, they, got, they, they sure know a lot of things, you know. I wonder how the Lord feels about that sometimes. <laughs> Thank you, she'll be heard for your much speaking. Pentecostals are the worst ones in the world. Again, pray. They rhetorically pray over and over and over and over. They think God is really, He's really impressed by their prayer. Are the sophisticates who are the more reserved think that when they pray their prayers in churches that God is impressed? No, He's not. No, He's not. God First of all, looks at the heart. And no matter how sophisticated you are, or how simple you are, amen? It's the prayer from the heart that He hears. How do I communicate them? Why is it so important? How do I pray to God? What should I say when I come? First of all, remember, He is God. And He already knows what's in your heart. And He already knows all about your situation. Hallelujah. Thank God. It's not like we're surprising Him with something. Surprise, surprise, surprise. No, God's not surprised at anything. Sometimes people act like their, their, their situation is so complicated that God can't figure it out. 
They have such a problem that no one can understand them. Then you can you then you then you'll never come to God if you think that God doesn't understand. Prayer is first of all the beginning of prayer is to first of all begin to know that God is God. He that cometh to God must believe that He is. He that cometh to God must believe that He is. What does that mean? He is who He is. He's everything that He says He is. Amen. God is bigger than all your problems. God is bigger than all your cares. God is bigger than any mountain that you can or cannot see. What do you mean God's bigger than a mountain? He made those mountains. Well, my, my problem is about as big as Mount Everest. Well, guess what? God made Mount Everest. God made the earth. God made all the nations. The Bible says the whole earth and the nations of the world are like the dust and the scales. Like the dust on the scales. The balances. The dust. Wipe the dust off. That's what they're like to God. They're just like dust. He that cometh to God must believe that He is. That's humility. That's admission. That's confession. That's faith. That's believing. That's knowing. That's being aware. Being aware of God. Adam knew he had sinned. And now he's made aware of the greatness of God. Adam is made aware of his shortcoming, of his sin, and now he's made aware that he needs God in this world. Hallelujah. Now I will have to live out my life by the sweat of my brow. Now I will have to work and till the ground and feed myself by the sweat of my brow. I was so stupid to do what I did. God provided everything I needed. I didn't have to worry about a thing. Huh? And now, by the sweat of my brow, I'll have to, I'll have to, <laughs> I have to get out here and till the ground and plow the fields and plant the seeds and gather it all in. But that's all right. If I have to do it, as long as I know that I can get a hold of God. I need God. I need Him in my life. I know I've failed Him, but He won't fail me. I know I've come short, but He's greater than all. Hallelujah. Brother, you may, you may go through life sweating and toiling and striving and working hard, but know this one thing, that God is still on His throne. You haven't taken God off His throne. He's still there. Your problem is not too big for God. Your problem doesn't erase God. That shows how great God is. Why did God let all this happen in the world? Maybe it's because He wanted the world to see just how great His mercy and His power is in this world. Why do I have to fall into this problem I'm in? Why do these things have to happen to me in life? Maybe it's for God to show Himself and prove Himself to Him. 
so that he is glorified in all that happens to you in life. Take a look at your life this morning. Think, look back on your life and say all the things that you've come through in life. And you can truthfully say with everybody here today, if it wasn't for God, if it wasn't for God, where would I be? Where would I be? So God has taught us. Hallelujah. God has taught us and showed us, come to me. Come to me in this fallen world. I'm not fallen. I'm still here. <laughs> Your whole world may be falling around you, but I'm still here. <laughs> Hallelujah. The devil may be having his, his way in this world, but I'm still God. And I'm still in control. And I'm still in charge. I still have power overall. And God says, through it all, I will show my glory. Hallelujah. Greater than ever before. In other words... You wouldn't know the sweetness of victory if you didn't have a battle. Isn't that right? You wouldn't know the sweetness of light and what it really means and how beautiful it is if you've never experienced the darkness. You wouldn't know the joy of salvation and redemption if you've never been enslaved in sin. Is that right? Was the fall of Adam a surprise to God? How glorious God is. What do I pray? Do I say to God? What does God want me? How does God want me to pray? First of all, the text I read, it says praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, Pentecostals say, hey, you got to get down and speak in tongues when you pray. That's not necessarily what it means. Because he says in Romans 8, the same, the same Bible says that sometimes we pray, we don't know how to pray, and we pray with groanings which cannot be spoken. articulated, cannot be said, but the Holy Spirit is praying through us with groanings to God. But when it says you are praying in the Holy Spirit, He says also, you know, that uh, we worship in spirit and in truth. How do we worship in spirit? The Bible says you are no longer in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If the Spirit of Christ dwells in you, if the Spirit of Christ is in you, how many has the Spirit of Christ in them? If you have the Spirit of Christ in you, I've got news for you. Be happy. You're no longer in the flesh. But, 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 but. You're no longer in the flesh. You are no longer in the flesh. But 
There's your but. But in the Spirit. So when you pray, I'm in the Spirit. If I'm in the Spirit, I pray in the Spirit. If I'm in the Spirit, I worship in the Spirit. If I'm in the Spirit, I sing in the Spirit. If I'm in the Spirit, I live in the Spirit. If I'm in the Spirit, I walk in the Spirit. How do I pray? What does God want me to pray? Pray what is in your heart. Talk to God and say to Him the very words that are in your own spirit. He gave you a new spirit. He gave you the spirit of Christ. The Bible says, I will give them a new heart. He says, I'll take out the old stony heart and give them a heart of flesh. I believe he's talking about the spirit of Christ. He's going to give us the spirit of Christ. What is the heart? It's the spirit. You are new creatures created in Christ. So, Essentially, what we're saying is that we are one with Christ. Our spirit is one with Him. Our heart is one with Him. We are one with Christ. We're in the same body of Christ. We are members of one another in the body of Christ. We are all members of Him. His Word abides in us. His Spirit abides in us. His desire abides in us. His faith abides in us. His love abides in us. Everything that the Son is, is in us. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when you pray, what am I going to pray? Don't worry about what you're going to pray. When Jesus got on to pray, He just prayed to the Father what was in His heart. Sometimes we want to look for a certain prayer, or we want to write a special prayer down. Or sometimes we want to pray maybe the words that Jesus prayed. Look in the book of Psalms and you'll find time and time again where David is saying, Lord, hear my prayer. Lord, open your ears. Why do you not listen to me? How long do I have to wait on you? Hear my prayer, Lord. And you can read the whole psalm and see what it was that David was saying to God. He's speaking to God from his heart. He's speaking to God what it is that that, that he wants of God. That he knows he must draw near. He must receive what he needs from God. In order to survive. In order to make it. In order to get where where he wants to go. In order to do what he needs to do. He needs to hear from God. You want to get somewhere in life? You want your life to amount to something? You want to be able to make it in life? You need to hear from God. So you need to come to God. I believe this with all of my heart, that when we come to God in prayer in our heart, believing in our heart to God, and come before Him, humble ourselves before Him, that God is going to answer us. God's not like some people. Who when you talk to them, turn around and walk away. Ignore you and act as if you weren't talking to them at all. God is not like man. God is not a man. And He certainly is not like man. When you speak to God, He listens. And when you have a question, He's going to answer. 
I didn't hear him say anything. <laughs> if you listen real close, stay in his love. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Believe what he saw or he said. You want to know what God says? Open the Bible. You want to hear God speak? Open the Bible. Come to God and speak to Him from your hearts. Speak to Him like you would speak to your earthly father. You come to your earthly father and you say what you want to say to your father in respect. Huh? I'm talking about being respectful. Not being a rebellious, sassy, smart kid. But a, ch a child who has respect for their parents. If we have respect for our parents, how much more should we have for God? We come to God in prayer. Come with respect. With reverence. But you can come boldly. You can come openly. You can pour your heart out to Him. You can tell Him all about everything. And God has opened up this form of communication, this line of communication to us. Because we desperately need Him in this world. Do you see what I'm saying? We are like, God has sent His army out into the world and He says, keep open the line of communication so that you will know exactly what to do in every moment. And whatever it is you need, I will supply. The enemy is going to try to cut off the line of supply, but he can't do it. Amen. Because I'm smarter than the enemy. I know exactly what he's. I know exactly where he's at and what he's doing and what he's planning and and all about his plans. But he says Satan doesn't know anything about my plans. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Satan doesn't know. He doesn't know God's plans. They're secret, and he can't find out about it. Hallelujah. What is it that when the president has secret, what they call it? The, top secret? Well, top secret, what do they call it? It's certified or it's... A, oh, oh, top secret. Huh? Classified. There you go. There you go. God's plan for you is classified and the devil can't get read it. He can send in his agents all he wants to get in there and find out what it is. But the God knows what the devil's doing. He knows all. He knows what's going on. God's not fooled by the enemy. That's right. And if we'll stay in touch with Him and communication with Him, praise God, we won't be ignorant either yes. of what Satan's Hallelujah. doing. Amen. Hello. If we don't stay in touch with the Father, that, that devil can slip in and around somewhere. But stay in touch with God. And He will communicate with us. And He will show us the way to go. And He will, praise God, He will keep His Word to us. You see, this was all set up because this world is fallen. 
Many people that don't know the Lord, they don't know that. They don't know this world's fallen and it's corrupt and it's perishing. This world is perishing. This whole world, the whole world is perishing. God says, look, I'm setting up a thing here. I'm going to leave you in this world like, like an army in a foreign nation. You're my soldiers that I've sent forth. And I've stationed you here and I've stationed you there and I've stationed you all over this world, all over this earth. But I've set up a line of communication and everything that you need while you're here, I will supply. I give you an armor to wear. A helmet protect your pretty little head. <laughs> I give you a blessed prayer of righteousness and to gird up your loins. I shod your feet with a preparation of the gospel of peace. I give you a sword. Hallelujah. A double-edged sword. One night I had a dream. And in this dream, I was walking around this old uh, country pond, stagnated pond, old dirty stagnated pond out in the middle of the pasture. And I was walking around looking the stagnated pond. The water wasn't running in or running out, just sitting there. You know, you've seen those stagnated ponds. <clears throat> and as I was looking around, I noticed there was black snakes laying around the pond everywhere. They were laying everywhere. Man, you couldn't take a step without a snake being there. Without hardly stepping on a snake. But in the dream, God gave me a sword. And it was a double-edged sword. <laughs> And guess what I was doing? <laughs> Man, I was walking all around that stagnation, killing those snakes with that sword. God gives us a sword. Hallelujah. To face the enemy with. And give us victory. And he says, I'll also give you a shield. A great shield overall. It's big enough to cover your whole body. It's a great big shield. Not a little bitty thing like this. You know, you're not going to hold this. You missed. You missed. You missed. No, praise God. The Bible says you take a sword, the shield overall. It's big enough to cover your whole self. I had another dream one time. I was preaching. I was in a church. Preaching. And this man come walking through the door. Big burly man. Big loud, boisterous voice. Mean looking guy. He come walking in the church. Where is Bob Joyce? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I did? But you know what that pulpit was that I was hiding behind? It was a cross. The pulpit in my dream wasn't like this. It was just a cross. And I went and hid behind that cross. 
Lord, hide me. Hide me in your pavilion. Hide me from the face of those who would harm me and destroy me. The devil may be big, but my God is so much greater. Hide me behind the cross. Nothing can touch me. I have fellowship with God. And He keeps me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Lord says, whenever you need me, just call out. I've given you everything you need. Stay in touch. Stay in touch. Stay in love with me. Hallelujah. The reason why we don't come to the Lord in prayer, kind of falling out of love. The reason why we can't communicate with God, we've kind of losing interest. The Lord says, don't lose interest in me. Keep yourselves in my love. Communicate with me. Talk to me. I want to talk to you. I'm talking to you. But you're not listening. I'm speaking to you every day, but you're not hearing me. I'm always there for you, but you've forgotten me. I'm taking you in the right direction, but you always want to go off on these rabbit trails. I've shown you the way, but you're not going that way. And the enemy is taking advantage of you. Listen to me. Communicate with me. Just talk to me. But I don't know what to say. Say what's in your heart. But I'm not a real long prayer warrior. I'm not, I don't, you know, I'm not, I, mean, I don't pray real long, Lord. I'm not pray five minutes or two minutes or a minute or 30 seconds. <laughs> Lord says, just speak to me. When you read the book of Psalms, how long does it take you? How long does it take you to read one psalm of David when he says, Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear unto my words. It's about five or six verses. And it's over with. Hello? What does God want me to say? What did God want David to say? What did God want anybody to say? It doesn't matter how long you say it or how short you say it or when and how you say it. Say it from your heart. Stay in touch. Communicate with God. Because you need it. It's the most vital connection in your life with God. As a Christian, you need that communication. So that you don't get bogged down. You don't become frustrated, perplexed, in despair, stuck, not knowing what to do. Do you know a lot of people are stuck in life and they don't know they are? They're stuck because they haven't communicated with the Father. What can I do to unstick my life? What can I do to make things go a little better for me? Communicate with your Father. What can I do to make things better in my life? I sure wish things would be better for me in my life. I want to be able to do this in life. Communicate with God. 
Hallelujah. You'll find out your day will be so much brighter when you talk to the Father. You'll find out that things will go so much easier for you if you will just communicate with God. Jesus Himself, the Son of God, knew that. Father, oh, Father. Well, what is Jesus praying for? What does He need to pray for? He's the perfect Son of God. He'll need to... If Jesus needed to pray, how about you? How about me? If Jesus needed to spend time with the Father alone, what about me? But the Lord said He'd be with you always. He's never going to leave you. Well, His Father was with Him. The Father never left Jesus. He was with Him all the time. He said, the Father's never left me. He's always with me. But he found time to get alone. It's like being married. Well, I'm married. I'm, I got a wife. I got a husband. My wife might say. You got a husband. You got a wife. Okay, you're married. But you need to communicate with one another. Well, I love my wife. I love my husband. I know you do. But you've got to communicate with them. You've got to talk to them. Because they want to talk to you. <coughs> Sometimes we get mad at one another. So, uh, they want to speak to each other. Boy, I hate it when it's that way. There's been times in my marriage when, when, when it was that way. Said something or done something. Didn't speak to each other for a whole day or two days. That's horrible. That's a horrible way to live. But it's so glorious when you reconcile. When you break down. Even if it's not your fault, you come and say, honey, forgive me. <laughs> I don't want to live this way. I don't want to be this way. I don't want to, I don't want to go on like that. Let's make things good. Let's put it all behind. Forgive me. Whatever it is, forgive me. Because I want to communicate with you. I want everything to be good between us. I want to see the smile on your face and the, and the glow and the beam in your eye. I want, I, I want, I want to know that the, 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 your embrace of love and kindness and charity <laughs> and goodness. <laughs> and that's the way I am with the Father. Forgive me, Lord. I want to know the love of your embrace. I want to see the beam in your eye. I want to see the smile on your face. I want to know the love in your heart. I want to be near you. I just want to talk with you. Hallelujah. And He whispers sweet, beautiful things to our hearts. That's what keeps us going. As children of God in this world, that's what keeps us going. What do I need? You need God to speak to you and you speak to Him. Well, I don't know about my situation here. Don't worry about your situation. Go to the Father, talk with Him, and He'll work it all out. 
But I really got a problem here. Forget about your problem. Forget about your care. Come to the Lord and talk to Him and He'll take care of that. Don't you know that God already knows about your problem? Don't you know that God already knows about what you care about? God knows about that. That's nothing for God. That's not too hard for God. That's not complicated for God. What's complicated with God is you not coming to Him. That, 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 that's the problem he's got. You're not coming to Him. Come to God. Find time with God. I don't care if it's five minutes, 30 seconds, one minute, an hour, an all day long, whatever it is, come to God and speak to Him. Because you need that. God doesn't need our prayers. prayers. 